Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. The year is 2010, June 2010, I believe, to be precise. All right, and I'm a 21-year-old, well, kid, and I'm going into a Barnes & Noble store. I believe it was Barnes & Noble. And I bought a copy of the book, Arabic for Dummies. Arabic for Dummies. I think, it was, I, think I bought both. I bought Arabic for Dummies and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Learning Arabic. And see, at this point in my life, I was just a kid who, you know, I grew up only speaking English. I maybe knew like a little bit of Spanish from high school because I had studied Spanish for like five or six years starting in like sixth grade like a lot of us do in the U.S., but couldn't have a conversation with anybody. Like I basically didn't speak any Spanish. Knew some words, but didn't actually speak Spanish. So like only knew English at the time, right? And um, now, fast forward, here we are, what, 13 years later, and I speak, well, English, obviously, Spanish. Spanish with great fluency, Portuguese with very, very good fluency, Arabic with, you know, fluent as well, French kind of, eh, 50-60% fluent if you want to grade it that way. And then I also, you know, have a little bit of knowledge, just a little bit of Farsi, Mandarin Chinese, and then now um, Bangla or, or Bengali language. Um, now, how did we get here? Like a lot of times I, I kind of explain like how to learn languages, but I don't really explain like the why, you know, um, and, li and like why I well decided to and then I guess in a certain way had success, obviously, in learning all of these languages, but like, what's the why behind it? Uh, because I b believe really that like, that learning and teaching, learning things and then teaching what we know to others is kind of like the, that, that itself can be like our purpose and our mission in life. See, because this, this episode is really, uh, it, it's, it seems like it's about like my story of learning languages and like just language learning, but it's really not. Like it's about personality flaws and, and self-awareness and self-improvement and like trying to become the type of person that we admire, right? Because like I have a, a friend and mentor who always says that, like our job in this life, our purpose is to create the person that we admire, to become the person that we admire and then share that person with other people, give that person away to the world, right? And it just kind of, it relates to learning and teaching. Now, at this point for me in life, like, what type of person was I? Well, I was a 21-year-old kid who lacked confidence in a lot of areas. And what I didn't even really realize at the time is that, you know, okay, I, I wanted to learn other languages. And particularly, like, I wanted to start by learning, well, you know, Arabic to begin. And what I was telling myself is because, okay, I want to study international relations. Obama was president. I was kind of inspired by him. He had studied international relations. There was also a lot going on in the Middle East, okay, from, you know, multiple wars, and, you know, we could debate the U.S. government's role in all this. Um, you know, there was multiple wars. There was Islamic extremism, quote-unquote, happening. And I just said, okay, learning Arabic is what I need to do. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to work in the U.S. government. Either I'm going to work in intelligence or maybe I'm going to work in foreign affairs, something like that. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn languages, starting with Arabic, and then get into that. That's what I'm going to do for a living. Now, fast forward and realize that that never actually worked out and probably never will, but we'll come back to that. So 
what what I didn't really understand though is what I was really trying to do is I was trying to become more of a person that I admired. Okay, like when we go into all these things in life, we often have this like altruistic view of ourselves where we say, oh, I want to do this because I want to serve my country or I want to help other people or blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, you know, yeah, sure. But you're also doing a lot of it because you have your own selfish needs, your own insecurities. Right. And like that was kind of me in this case. Like what I wanted to do is prove to myself that I could get out of my comfort zone. Because I was a kid who kind of grew up in, you know, like a fairly easy environment, like an upper middle class United States suburb. Like, it was it was easy. Like, I never really, you know, uh, never really had to... I never really went through that much difficulty in life. And I wanted to prove to myself, okay, I can learn these other languages. I can live in these different countries. You know, I can be, I can be cool. I can be a, like a guy on TV. You know, I can be like... Like Matt Damon in the frickin' movies where, you know, probably not doing exactly that, you know, but going through frickin' destroying cities all around the world, you know what I mean? Like, I can be like, I can be some cool guy, I can be like a, a spy, or I can be a diplomat, or I can be something, you know, super cool with all these languages. So essentially, like, what I was trying to do is prove to myself that I could be both intelligent, street smart, get out of my comfort zone, uh, do something really cool with my life, that I could be a more competent person than I was at the time. And that I wasn't just this, you know, little kid from Apple Valley, Minnesota, who couldn't do anything in life and had never been through anything. So those were like the real, you know, in, inside interior reasons, if you will, that I was doing this. Now, of course, there were larger goals and like a lot has come of it since, right? But like we always have to be aware of, of um, you know, these, these intentions. So anyway, here we are. We go, I go to Jordan. This is the first time I'd ever left, left the U.S. Uh, so now it is spring of 2011, and I'm going to Jordan because I had a professor who was from Jordan who takes a group of students to Jordan every year to do an intensive um, Arabic language studies course. And see, what I had learned over the, like, the past 10 months, I think I had about 10 months of studying Arabic with those Arabic for Dummies books, you know, an Arabic uh, Complete Idiot's Guide to Arabic, and then a couple other resources and people that helped me, is that I was very good at learning languages on my own because I had gotten like 50% fluent, I would say, in Arabic, like very conversational before going to Jordan. And Arabic's a tough language. Like on the scale of, of languages, how difficult they are for, you know, native English speakers, Arabic's a tough one. <laughs> um, and in one year of self-study, essentially, I was fairly fluent. Like, I don't know. I never used like the the, you know, the B1, C1, C2, you know, international, you know, whatever they call it framework. But like, I was pretty good. I was like probably 50% there, if you will. Um, and I also learned, this is kind of a blessing and a curse, which I'll come back to at the end, right? You know, we all have like our, our blessings, you know, things in life that are kind of like a blessing and a curse. I'd also learned, or maybe reiterated, that I have a certain ability to be disciplined and just like to go all in on something that seems like ridiculous to most people and then just stick with it to my detriment, but then also in a useful way sometimes. Because a lot of times we just, you know, 
we have these personality flaws, quote unquote, if you will. And really, it's just none of it's a flaw. It's just like, okay, this is the way I am. How do I use it? How do I use it to my advantage? Okay, sort of like all negative emotions, right? But anyway, like this is me. This is me in college at a time when most like 21-year-old guys are just trying to get laid. And, uh, in, in, you know, in between classes, I'm in there like watching Egyptian movies to try to learn more like local street Arabic and stuff like that. So like that was me at that time. Anyway, so did the trip to Jordan. Had some ups and downs in that trip. Was very happy to come back to the U.S. when I was done, as typically happens when I try travel overseas for a while, but you know, then you get the itch to want to go back anyway. So did the trip to Jordan was quite fluent when I got back from Jordan really. And then just kind of kept improving over the years. But anyway, so at this time, of course, I still, you know, I, I still just, my idea is, okay, I'm going to keep learning these languages. I'm going to probably work for the U S government. I'm going to be somebody important in this world. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to serve my country, whatever. Right. And so then I get home and I'm like, all right, well, here's the thing, though. Like, I'm still living in the United States. I'm finishing up college. I'm living in the U.S. Like, Spanish would be way easier than Arabic. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be that hard for me. And I could definitely find, like, some more jobs. It's just way more useful here <laughs> than Arabic. Like, freaking everybody speaks Spanish in the U.S. Like, 30% of our population speaks Spanish. So let's learn some Espanol. And so... Then I was finishing up school. I got like a job working at a golf store in the meantime. <laughs> Guy wants to freaking be an international spy or diplomat working in a golf store selling golf clubs. But anyway, so I'm doing that, finishing up college. And um, then I, um, I, well, I became, okay, I spent maybe a year or so, less than a year, like actually learning Spanish through self-study. You know, it was a combination of uh, just self-study on my own, using some books, watching some videos, uh, you know, watching some telenovelas from, from Mexico, whatever, Univision, you know, all this stuff. And I have other episodes where I go into detail if you want to know about, you know, techniques to learn languages. But anyway, less than a year of self-study, and I was pretty fluent in Spanish because I already did have a base from high school. I just didn't actually pay attention in high school, but, you know, some things did stick in my head. So it wasn't that hard. Got pretty fluent in Spanish. And by the way, if, if you want to like, like I said, there are different languages levels in terms of difficulty obviously for a native english speaker spanish is easier than arabic probably takes less than half the time especially because the arabic alphabet's different the pronunciation's way different languages like arabic and mandarin chinese i mean they're really tough you know you can study hard and it'll take you take most people three to four years whereas if you study spanish or french or something like that hard within a year or two you should be pretty fluent and yes i do think that there's a genetic component involved okay i do think that some people are genetically a little bit more is gifted the word i don't know some of us are genetically a little bit better at learning languages a little bit yeah genetics plays a role in everything you know i mean ultimately when i was a kid i wanted to be a pro basketball player it wasn't in the cards because i didn't practice hard enough but let's be honest it also probably wasn't in the cards because my genetics just weren't that good. Look at me versus Kobe, all right? Let's, let's do a more direct comparison. Look at me versus Kevin Durant, okay? Kevin Durant was born in the same year, 1989, okay? I could have been in the pros like Kevin Durant, but am I six foot 11 with like an eight foot long wingspan? No, I'm six foot two, which is still pretty tall, but I'm nine inches shorter than him with a wingspan that's way shorter than him. I definitely can't jump as high as him. Could I have been as good of a shooter from all over the court as he, had, as he is, had I kept practicing for years and years and years? Eh, maybe, yeah. And then I would still be nine inches shorter than him without the wingspan jumping ability and everything else that makes a good NBA player. You get the point, okay? Now, to learn languages, 
I certainly have something that makes me a little bit better than the average person genetically, but I know people who are better than me. I always talk about this on the podcast. I have one friend, well, at least two friends, I would say, who are better with pronunciation than I am. I'm, I'm pretty good with vocab. I pick up vocabulary pretty quickly. But long story short, yes, I think there's a genetic component. I think some people are just a little bit naturally better with languages than others. Um, but it doesn't make that big of a difference. Anybody can do it, you know? Um, so anyway, I'm, I, at this point, I started working as an interpreter. I found a job as, well, a Spanish interpreter, and I also interpreted some for Arabic, because even though I wasn't perfect in either of those languages, it was good enough to get a job working as an interpreter at a local hospital. Anyway, so was doing that, right? Still kind of like had in the back of my mind the idea that I want to work for the U.S. government, whether this is in the Foreign Service, whether this is in the CIA, whether this is FBI, or, you know, whatever it may be. DEA, I don't know, something like that, something to do with international affairs, okay? And at the same time, though, I'm working like I'm, I'm working freelance as an interpreter, <coughs> excuse me, and I'm realizing that I have like a lot of money, well, not a lot of money, but like enough money to save up to travel. See, because I got lucky because my mom paid for my college, so I didn't have a lot of college debt like a lot of Americans do. And so since I was a minimalist at that time, which is another big part of my story, is learning how to live, you know without much money essentially like that was part of my journey too is i wanted to prove to myself that i didn't need a lot of like things because i grew up in like a nice house and like my parents would like buy me like new shoes and stuff like that and like money was never an issue but one of my insecurities then is i wanted to prove to myself that i can live without a lot of money and that's why i became a minimalist in my 20s so i would just live in like a crappy apartment or would like travel overseas for a month work remotely and live in like some, you know, podunk apartment that would cost me like $200 per month via Airbnb, stuff like that, right? I became a total minimalist and basically like never had like a fixed place to live throughout most of my 20s. But anyway, so I was like working as an interpreter, sometimes remotely. I could do it over the phone. I learned how I could do other remote jobs, stuff like that. Um, traveled to Chile where they barely speak Spanish. It's a whole different version of the language. But anyway, was getting even more and more experience with my Spanish. Then I decided... When I was in Chile, that was an interesting point because actually on the way to Chile, passing through the airport for some odd reason, who knows why, I had a layover in Rio, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. In Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, I had a layover on the way to Santiago, Chile from Minnesota. It doesn't make sense. Okay, that's the way it was. It happened. And I'm in that airport and I'm like, man, this place is just cool. <laughs> this Brazil looks cool. On the way back from Chile, I like picked up a Portuguese for dummies type of book. Essentially like the, you know, the same type of book I'd picked up for Arabic mm, several years before. We're, we're in like 2014 now. We're like four years ahead, right? And what's interesting here is that like if you compare my style of language learning to most people's, it's a bit different because I'm like... I'm like borderline autistic in the sense of like I will sit down and study by myself without needing anyone else in such a disciplined way that just like most people, most people just don't do it and it's not even necessarily the best way to study a language. The best way to study a language is with a partner or with a native speaker or with an instructor or with a girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, husband or whatever that is a native speaker of the language, right? But I did it in a very individualistic way. Now, at the end of the day, Sometimes, on the one hand, I kind of maybe regret the fact that I didn't focus enough on developing relationships with speakers of these languages throughout the years. I do have some, but not that many. Um, 
in a way, I maybe sort of regret that. But the big positive that came from this is I barely spent a dime. Like, other than the Arabic language studies program, which was, like, part of my college tuition, essentially, like, uh, I, like, didn't spend a dime on any of these languages, you know? Like, I, I pretty much, like, self-taught myself Spanish after high school, like I said. Then with Portuguese, Portuguese is funny because it's, like, the, it's, <laughs> so let's get into this, because it's, like, the least formal of my languages. Um, and it's funny because I have a friend, one of the friends I already mentioned, who was learning Portuguese at the same time. He already knew Spanish. He wanted to learn Portuguese. And he actually speaks better Portuguese and Spanish than I do. Like, my Spanish and my Portuguese, I can almost pass for a native in Spanish. Kind of can, depending on the context. Portuguese, like, not really, but I'm, like, like fluent, fluent. I've worked as an interpreter. I've worked with Brazilians in different settings. Like, I'm, I'm very fluent in Portuguese. But this guy, he's like, the, he's, like, the king of accents and pronunciation anyway. So he, at the same time, was learning Portuguese. And we kind of like reunited. We knew each other before. We reunited. And he's like, dude, Brazil seems like the place to be. We got to go. Because they had like the World Cup coming up, the Olympics coming up, blah, blah, blah. So like we dive in and we start learning Portuguese. And, you know, he was already way ahead of me and he continues to be ahead of me to this day. But the point is like I got very, very good at Portuguese, mainly just from this like book that I got, which was like Portuguese basic phrases. Then, like, studying in a couple, like, casual, like, Brazilian-Portuguese meetup groups here in Minneapolis, and then just, like, went to Brazil. And, like, I arrived to Brazil in late 2014, spent three months there. I was probably 40, 50% fluent, conversational at least, when I arrived. And then when I left, obviously, I was fairly fluent and just kept studying more and more. Like, you guys, you see the pattern here, is that, like, you kind of, like, I dive into a language study it fairly intensely by myself and then eventually we'll get an opportunity to travel to the country we'll be like pretty fluent once that happens and then we'll kind of just find ways to maintain afterwards like people often ask this question like what if you don't use a language for however long are you going to like lose it well kind of but like it takes a lot longer to lose it than it takes to gain it like to give you an example with my arabic i'm actually starting to get a little bit back into my arabic again but like i haven't spoken arabic on a regular basis for like three years now at least and while it wouldn't be great if i went and started up a conversation with a random arab uh, somewhere like it would take me like a day or two, like I could go to a, you know, an Arabic speaking country and it would take me like a day or two to just kind of get back into it. And although I probably wouldn't remember certain vocab words, I would still be like speaking fluently and like understanding pretty much everything. And like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay. Same thing that happened with Spanish and Portuguese. Now, nowadays with Spanish and Portuguese, I just use them so much for different reasons that it would be hard for me to forget them. But anyway, like with Brazil, it's really interesting because it's like the most, like I said, like I kind of learned Portuguese in like a slang way and like a, like a festa way. Festa. Uma festa. Like festa is fiesta, which is party. Festa in Portuguese, fiesta in Espanol, and party in English. You guys know what fiesta means, right? And just like my Portuguese is very just kind of like casual, not super formal, but it works. Like it works good. I never studied formal Portuguese in any way, but like I said, I'm very fluent in it and I love Brazil. Still got tons of love for Brazil. But anyway, like I've still got throughout all this time, all this kind of fun and the ups and downs and like the travel and the being a minimalist, I still have the idea in my head that I want to work for the U.S. government. So then like 2015 through 2017, I was, well, I actually, I almost worked for the CIA. I actually almost 
got a job, and then for strange reasons, which is a whole other story for another day, I ended up not getting the job. And because that hiring process is so long, after that I was just kind of like, screw it, I'm... I'm done with like the U.S. government. Like went through all that, didn't get the job. At that time, I was also kind of working on learning a little bit of Farsi and Chinese, just because obviously Iran and um, you know China are big topics in the CIA. I never did Russian, oddly enough. Never studied Russian in any capacity. Um, but like it didn't work out. Now, what like what's my opinion nowadays on like you know the CIA, the U.S. government in general, U.S. government foreign affairs? I mean. I, in a way, I'm kind of glad that it never worked out. You know, hindsight is always 2020. Who knows? But, like, I just, my opinion now of, like, the CIA and of the U.S. government, it's just, I feel like the older I get, the more I see the U.S. government as mainly, like, an imperialistic, I guess, colonizing, oil-sucking force of the world that kind of, especially, you know, through the last 50 years, just kind of started a lot of wars in the name of oil or in the name of whatever. I mean, it's it's nuanced. It's It's very nuanced. Like, I'm, I'm more than happy to sit down and kind of like debate international relations or, you know, U.S. foreign politics with anyone. And I'm not going to like totally badmouth the U.S. government, um, especially because I think the U.S. government does great things for, you know, uh, the its citizens who live here. Uh, I go back and forth with how U.S. government treats immigrants. Um, you know, I, there's some pros and cons, ups and downs of that, I could say, based on all the people I know. I mean, my opinion of the U.S. government is very nuanced. I don't really love most of its foreign affairs policies. I'll say that at this point. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably never end up working for the U.S. government. Um, wouldn't be totally opposed to it, I suppose, still, even though it's very unlikely at this point. Um, but I think as I grow older as well, you know, you, I kind of, my opinion is that very few things in this world are that simple or that black and white. And um, whether this is international relations, I mean, you know, like right now, for example, there's another Israeli-Palestinian conflict going on. And it's just, you know, I know people who are huge, you know, vehement supporters of one side or the other. And I'm just like, you know, I just, I can't force myself to say that one party or the other is right or wrong or the good guy or the bad guy. I just, I can't. It's just too, it's too nuanced. There's too much history behind it. I don't really believe much in good and evil anymore. I kind of believe in all human beings and all human, I don't know, organizations being kind of self-serving, you know, based on our own interests, not necessarily good or bad. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky time and that's a tricky topic. But all that to say, my opinion on, you know, the U.S. government, foreign affairs, blah, 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 is nuanced and, um... I never ended up working in it, at least not to this point, and I probably never will, especially since I got freaking thousand podcasts and a whole bunch of other stuff that I put out on the internet and talk shit about it. So, <laughs> so they're not going to hire me now. <laughs> no, but um, anyway, I'd get investigated. Like they'd be investigating me for like a thousand years. Like I'd be dead before like the investigation ever ended because they investigate the crap out of anyone who wants to like apply for any U.S. government position or any really important U.S. government position. But anyway, so I'd be dead before they could even finish like going through all my stuff at this point since I put so much on the internet. But um, all right, so there we are. Like pretty much. Like that dream ended, that goal, that like original goal of wanting to work for the U.S. government seven years basically after I started on this journey of languages, it ended, right? I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not going to be that person that I thought I was going to be. And so this is an interesting point in my life because it's like, all right, I failed on a goal. 
so to speak, if you want to see it that way. And such is life. But it's like, then what did you learn in the middle? Who did you become in the middle? It's like, okay, well, cool. I now do know, well, three new languages with a lot of fluency. I've learned how to live in different parts of the world. I've developed lots of unique job skills. I've learned how to be a minimalist. I do have some pretty cool relationships, some cool people. Like along this journey, which ultimately didn't give me what I wanted, come a long way. Um, and I'm certainly like a better person for it at this point. So this is 2017, right? And so then, what was it? Is it like at the, I think I, well, this is funny enough, it's actually shortly after that is when I met Diego, the owner of Keep Talking. I was in Colombia, um, I don't know, three, four months after all that. Um, and then and at that point, I was just back to like working freelance, didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. But I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just kind of keep interpreting working freelance, traveling when I can, still being a minimalist, whatever, definitely not doing the standard American dream of getting a big house, five cars or whatever we you know like to do. Definitely not focused on a real relationship, definitely not focused on having kids. And um, I'm trying to think that happened. And then I ended up it's almost kind of like a side note because it wasn't really that big a deal, but I, de I decided to learn French and even spent two months in France at the beginning of 2018 when I was still working as a freelance Spanish interpreter for the most part. Um, and with French, I just, I never really had that much motivation or liked it enough, mainly because the French are assholes. Like France would be the greatest country in the world if it weren't for the French. Like if a different group of people lived there, <laughs> it would be the greatest place ever. Like if if Colombians lived in France or Brazilians lived in France, it would probably be the best country in the world. It's beautiful that the French live there. That's the problem. So uh, anyway, and the funny thing is I know we have some listeners. I've seen the statistics on this podcast. France, I think, is in the top ten for some odd reason of the countries that listen to this podcast. It should just be like U.S. and only Latin America because I just speak English and Spanish. But anyway, we have some French listeners. So maybe, you, maybe the ones who are listening are the ones who aren't assholes, but most of your people are assholes. I'm sorry. I just have to say it. And you can make the case that my people are assholes too because we Americans can be assholes in a lot of ways. But anyway, so, you know, French, I got decent at French. I like to call it my half language. I say I'm fluent in four and a half languages, French being the half. And there's really not that much to like, you know, uh, not that much more to tell about that, right? So did that. And then after that, I actually finally like kind of became a little bit more of like living a standard American lifestyle. Like I moved back home. I got like a real place to live, like an actual like apartment with like a, a year long lease. Ooh, I was like scared of that in my 20s. Then I got a girlfriend, and I've, I've told this story on the podcast before, you know, a girlfriend who um, has a son, and I still get to see him nowadays, even though we've been broken up for almost three years now. Um, and really, like, you know, it, my philosophy on life that I had had throughout my 20s, which was be a minimalist, be a traveler, don't, like, live, I don't know, a stable life <laughs> in your home country or whatever, um, kind of, like, started to change a little bit right um yeah and 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 then like if, if i think about this though like one thing that's interesting about you know all these different languages that i learned and like the you know the periods of life is they oftentimes say that like we adapt different personalities when we speak a different language like a lot of people will say this you know my friend who i've talked about kind of has a different personality when he speaks spanish a different one when he speaks portuguese and i would say that i definitely do too like I said, I think Portuguese is kind of like my most fun language, if you will. Spanish, I may be a bit more like professional and serious, probably because I've worked in such like a professional environment with my Spanish for so long. Um, 
you know, I can, I can still be fun at a reggaeton party. Don't don't doubt that. But um, uh, but yeah, we kind of do like develop different personalities. But like all that to say is like all of these different languages were kind of like learned for a different reason. And I, I probably do have like a slightly different personality in all of them. But anyway, and so so now like here we are and you know, I've been living mostly in the US. I have traveled a few times over the past few years for different reasons, but I, you know, now have a like a stable place to live oddly enough in the US. And I recently I'm well, it's funny because at the time of this recording, it's not like an official relationship, but I've been seeing this girl. Like I I like to use the word dating, but she doesn't call it dating yet. She calls it talking. Anyway, whatever, you know, labels. But um been seeing this girl who's from Bangladesh. And her English is excellent. You know, she's been speaking it since she was a kid basically. But but I'm now getting into learning Bengali, her Bangla as they call it, which, you know, is a totally different language. Unfortunately, it's not even similar to Arabic at all. Um and it's yeah, it's not similar to anything that I know really at this point. Um and so it should be a challenge, but kind of getting started with that. And um I guess, like, to kind of, like, give, like, a lesson or just, like, some final thoughts on this whole topic. It's like, you know, where am I, where am I going in life or where has this, like, led me and all that stuff? Well, okay, as far as, like, where I'm going or, like, and all that or, like, what, are, what now do I want in life? As I've mentioned on this podcast before, I really no longer am into, like, the, the kind of, like, future planning like most of us are taught to do from a young age i really hate like you know what's your five-year plan and all this because typically what we think we want one year from now is going to be different than what we think we want now and two years from now it's going to be drastically different like i just think we evolve and change over time so much that i don't even really worry that much about you know making like a five or ten year plan plus you know the universe is going to shit all over our our five-year plans anyway just as it did to mine but like we learn a lot in the process and we become someone different in the process. Now, like in terms of learning languages, like do I recommend, okay, do I recommend, you know, that you, for example, if you're thinking about like learning a new language, you've never done it before, would I recommend it? Um, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody has to. Uh, like if I have kids, which I do plan to do someday, am I going to teach them languages? Yeah, probably. Like I would be like the most selfish dad ever if I knew like five languages or six and like didn't teach any to my kid. <laughs> it's just like what an asshole. But like do I recommend most people learn languages? Uh, you know, in terms of like if you're trying to do it to like make a lot of money or something like that, no. I mean there's better ways, better things to learn to make money, definitely. Um, and that's probably, that's like the one thing that to this point in life, I still really can't give advice on is how to make a lot of money. Cause I've never made enough money yet to really live that much beyond paycheck to paycheck. I'm just still like a mediocre salary person, um, to this point in life. So I don't give advice on that. Now, if you're, if your goal in life is to learn, if you want to like learn, if you want to get out of your comfort zone, stuff like that, absolutely learn languages. It's going to take you, especially if you really go all in, it's going to take you beyond your comfort zone. You're going to learn a ton just about the world and about yourself. So definitely do it. Now, if you want to like build relationships, you know, cross-culturally, yes, it's a great idea. You can do it better than I did. Like I said, that's kind of one of my little regrets is that maybe I just didn't focus enough on building relationships with people sometimes. But anyway, um, I mean, and, and just to like talk about like our personality flaws and all that stuff is it like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, you know, at the beginning, this was me being like an insecure kid who wanted to like prove to myself that I could do something challenging, get out of my comfort zone, live in different parts of the world, whatever. And it's, 
you know, the thing is, like, I still have those personality flaws. Like, those are things, even though I have more confidence in myself now, sometimes I feel like we never get over, like, our deepest insecurities and quote-unquote, like, personality flaws. And I'm definitely still kind of that, like, obsessive OCD, like, overly disciplined person, which has its pros and cons. But, like, that's okay. Just because I'm more aware of that now and... I just accept that. And I also use it to my advantage in a lot of different ways in life now, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, like, whatever your personality flaws are, if you're listening to this, if you think something's a flaw, it's probably a blessing and a curse at the same time. And you just have to learn how to use it. And, you know, another interesting thing is if I, like, look at the time invested, you know, like, was it worth it? Has it been worth it at this point to, you know, learn, well, let's go with four to this point, different languages over the past, I guess, 13 years now like has it been worth it I mean I don't know like how else would I have used the time would I have used the time to make a lot more money would I have used the time to you know start a family and start raising kids like I mean uh, those things I feel like that happens yeah you can be intentional about that but I feel like you know getting married and starting a family almost happens like it's it's irrelevant it's not even related to like what you're doing professionally it's just anyway but um but, like, the, the question is, like, what would I have done with the time instead had I not done that? Would I have been a bum and just sat on the couch and watched a lot of movies all day? I mean, I doubt that. That's not really my personality. But, like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder how much time I spent on this, you know? And then I even started asking myself, so wait a minute. You know how people say, you know, there's a lot of people say this. Like, it's like 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. 10,000 hours to become an expert in any skill. And then I asked myself, I'm like, whoa. Okay, so let's call it just 10 years to make the math simpler. 10 years, 10,000 hours. So did I do 1,000 hours a year of languages? 1,000 hours a year is like just under three hours per day. And like, no, did I actually sit and study for three hours every day? No, not exactly. But like I definitely, if you count all the time I spent working, living in these places, being an interpreter, all this stuff, plus the study, I would say that I definitely probably spent, you know, a solid like three hours per day immersed in one of these foreign languages, you know. So you can say at this point in terms of languages that I am an expert because I've spent 10,000 hours on the subject of foreign languages. Now, oddly enough, I'm not probably not, I probably wouldn't be considered an expert in any any one because I've divided it up into four different ones. Um, I mean, you could almost say I'm an expert in Spanish at this point, even though like they probably wouldn't want me to to teach a, a grammar course on it because I don't understand. I don't even understand grammar and syntax rules that well in English. Okay, But once again, I've said this in other episodes before, vocabulary is more important than grammar and you don't need to understand like the the grammar rules and like what certain grammatical things are called to speak with good grammar and to speak fluently. Okay. We got 330 million people living in the United States of America right now. Pretty much all of us, or at least the ones you know born here, speak English fluently like native speakers, and like 80% of us don't understand grammar rules correctly. So we're not English professors in college, but that's okay. The point of this is, like, I could okay, like I could basically consider myself like an expert in Spanish, and I'm definitely like an expert in language learning in foreign languages at this point. Um, the funny thing about it is, such as life is that 
it's, it's not even like my top passion in life at this point. Like my, my main passion in life is actually probably self-improvement through fitness and biohacking just because that's been something over the past three or four years that has had a bigger impact on my life than foreign language learning. But, you know, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, c'est la vie. That's, that's life. Like, <laughs> you spend 10,000 hours on something and then at the end of it, like, you're a total expert in it, but it's not even necessarily like your main passion. But, you know, as you can tell, I still do have enough passion with it to produce this episode and to work you know, jobs and, and careers that, well, involve my languages and use them on a daily basis. Um, I guess the lesson that I want you guys to take away from this is that um, a lot of times in life, at least in my experience, like we're going to fail on what we thought our goal was, which is kind of like, yeah, my main goal is like, okay, I want to work for the U.S. government and serve my country by learning these languages. And that didn't happen and it's probably never going to happen. Yet then, if you go back to like the actual reason of like me trying to, my insecurities as a person is like, okay, I don't like the way I am and I don't have a lot of confidence. I want to become a confident person who knows how to handle more situations, who can prove that I can take on challenges and live in other places and do all this and become the man that I admire and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's actually going pretty well. We're not totally there yet. I mean, we're never going to get there because like, you know, in a way, we should never be satisfied, in my opinion, with life. We should never be satisfied with who we are. But, like, achieved a lot in terms of that and learned a lot in the process. So, like, it's kind of been like a, like a failure, but with, like, a lot of success sprinkled in there. You know? C'est la vie. Such is life. This is la vida. Hey, calhaya. No, wait. I was trying to say it in all the languages. I blew it with Portuguese. Essa é a vida, camarada. Don't say. Um, <laughs> that's life. It's the way life works. But um, hope you enjoyed this uh, this story. All right. Talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.